Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by Community Pastor Ted Canaris as we continue the series, Created for Community. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. Anyone here look back at a picture from your childhood and wonder, how in the world did my parents let me out looking like that? Now, no, this is not a picture of me. This is our teaching pastor, Tammy Melchine. Don't worry, she did not give me permission to show this picture, but we're a community of forgiveness, right, Tammy? I mean, that haircut, those clothes, those suspenders, why didn't anyone stop her from doing that? Was everyone afraid to tell her the truth? Friends, today, as we continue our series, Created for Community, a series that's all about the importance of small groups, this right here, this picture, is why you need a community of friends. We all need friends who will tell us the truth. Friends who will prevent us from going out in public like this. We're in the second week of our series and we're talking about the importance of pushing back against our tendency to do life alone so that we can commit to doing life together. And we're unapologetically challenging every person to get in a small group because there are things that happen in a smaller community of intentional friends that just don't happen anywhere else. Real care for one another happens in community. True belonging happens in community. Praying for one another happens in community. So many things happen in community that just can't happen on our own. And I get it. There are a lot of obstacles holding us back from joining a community, from connecting in a small group. Busyness is an obstacle. We're busy people, right? We've crammed our schedules with so many activities that the idea of making a commitment to something else seems impossible. Fear is an obstacle. It just feels safer to keep our struggles and our shortcomings sort of hidden to remain unknown. Tiredness is an obstacle. It takes energy to engage in relationships. Those of us who are introverts are hesitant to even exert ourselves in this way. And so with all these obstacles facing us, too many of us decide to just spend our life disconnected or with a bunch of shallow connections. And maybe most nights we find ourselves alone on the couch watching someone else's pretend community on TV or or looking at pictures of someone's community on our phones. Unfortunately, this is true for so many of us. But when we settle for that, we are the ones missing out because we were created for community. We need community. And that is why we're constantly challenging everyone to be in a small group. Because you can't truly be known in a crowd. You can't fully be understood in a crowd. You can't be deeply loved in a crowd. You need a community of small, a small group helping each other become more like Jesus. I love the way that Pastor Rick Warren said it. He says, small groups are not a ministry of the church. Small groups are not a program of the church. Small groups are not an outreach of the church. Small groups aren't even an event of the church. Small groups are the church. Connecting in small groups isn't something new. Perhaps it's been called something else throughout time, but it's been happening from the beginning of time. In fact, We can go back thousands of years and read something written by a wise king named Solomon that stresses the importance of these kinds of relationships. Solomon became the king of Israel after his father, King David, died. And as he was starting his reign, God gave him the opportunity to ask for one thing, anything that he wanted. 
what a gift, right? I mean, think about it. You're starting out leading your people, following in the footsteps of your legendary father. You're new to this huge job and God gives you the opportunity to ask for anything. And I wonder, what would you ask for? Freedom from enemies, centralized power, unlimited resources. Solomon doesn't ask for any of that. Instead, he asks for wisdom. Anything in the world could have been his, and Solomon asks for wisdom. Well, it just so happens that God is so pleased by his choice that he grants Solomon's request, and he becomes known as the wisest person that ever lived. People from all over the world, world leaders are traveling from all over to consult with him, seeking his wisdom. The good news for us is that a lot of Solomon's wisdom is recorded in a few books of the Bible. And one of those books is Ecclesiastes. And in it, Solomon talks about the importance of living in intentional relationships, like a small group. He says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Ever see someone fall alone? Maybe it was a financial fall, a crisis hit, and they were stuck with, with no one to help them. Maybe it was a relational fall. Their marriage was in trouble. Tensions were high, and they had no one to turn to for help. Maybe it was, a, it was a physical fall and their health crumbled, sickness hit, and they had nowhere to turn. In my role as a pastor, I unfortunately have seen this too many times. Many of us have spent a lot of time building our individual lives, working hard to get ahead, and then we come home exhausted and we give into the temptation to spend every night sitting alone or, or settling for just sort of shallow relationships. But the problem with that is when we fall, when, not if, we fall alone. And when that happens, we can find ourselves in real trouble. Often when this happens, I get a call or an email asking for help. And my first question is often, are you in a small group? But I already know the answer. See, if the person was in a small group, I probably wouldn't be the person they would call first. Now, don't get me wrong. I love to help. And if I can help, I want to help. I want to care in any way that I can. But any help that I or, or any of the staff here at Community can give, it will always be limited. See, I can't provide the same kind of care as a relationship that you have been deeply invested in over time. As much as we would love to be, we just can't be in everyone's circle of friends. In small groups, you have people who are there for you when you fall. You have others who know you, who know your story, who when something happens, they don't need to be told where you live or, or what your children's names are. So let me ask you, do you have someone to call at 3 a.m. if you're in trouble, if you fall? According to the American Sociological Review, the answer for many of us is no. One in four people say they didn't have a close confidant that they can talk to, not one. Another 20% said they just have one. 
So if that holds true for us, close to 50% of us have no one or only one person that we can really confide in. This is what can happen when our only interaction with the people of the church is, is sort of sitting anonymously in a crowd a, a couple times a month or, or even every week. It's why we need the community of a small group because that community can be there to help us when we fall. Let me take a moment here to talk to those of you who are parents. Here is an important thing that we need to understand about small groups. Small groups are for everyone. Small groups aren't just for you. They're for your kids too. When your kids go to Kid City, they aren't just attending Kid City. When your students go to Stuco, they aren't just attending Stuco. They're actually connecting in a small group. Parents of little ones, you may not have thought about this or realized this before, but in Kid City, your child is building a relationship with a small group leader and with other kids his or her age in their small group. What's happening right now in Kids City, if your kids are logged into Kids City online, it's not just childcare, it's not just something to entertain your kids. We're not just providing a space for your kids to hang out or, or to be entertained while the big people come and sit in a crowd. No, Kids City is a ministry of small groups. We even have small groups for toddlers. I mean, I've heard the conversation isn't great, but we've got them. We've got small groups for five-year-olds, small groups for fourth graders, small groups for every age. And we ask our amazing Kids City leaders to serve every week because we're not just watching children, we're building relationships in a small group. We wanna partner with you to make sure that your child has a small group where they're loved and, and cared for and connected with other adults and other children. And that's why it's so important that you come consistently and come to the same service every week because your child needs a community of a small group. The same thing goes for your students. Small groups are for everyone. When you drop your kids off at Stuco, they're connecting in a Stuco small group. They're learning about life and faith and they're connecting with kids who are going through the same things that they're going through and adults who have been there. And let me tell you why this is so important. Because somewhere down the line, when your child is 12 or 14 or 16 or 17, they're going to fall. Something hard is gonna happen in their lives or, or they're gonna mess up like kids are bound to do. And at that point, they're going to need community. I mean, real community. And if they're not in a small group, you're probably going to come to one of our Stuco directors and say, hey, my kid really needs community right now. And of course, we're going to do everything that we can to help your child get connected and get the help that they need. But it's always better if they already have a community, especially if they've had that community since they were eight or five or, or two. Small groups are for everyone parents. Let me speak plainly here as a parent of three growing boys myself. I am in the thick of it with you. I get it. I know that it is hard, but we can't put more effort into parenting our kids' sports lives than we do parenting their spiritual lives. We need to push back against the pressures of our culture around kids' sports and activities. It's gotten just totally out of control. And instead, we need to prioritize setting our kids up for this kind of community. Now, don't get me wrong. 
There are a lot of important lessons we can teach our kids through sport. But we can't forget how short this portion of their lives is. Our job as parents is to set them up for what comes next, the majority of their lives. And prioritizing church as a family is not just some, some empty ritual. It's a practical way to help our kids learn how to develop the kind of community that will help them flourish through every season of their lives, not just baseball season. Small groups are for everyone. And you want to know another reason why? Well, because not only can a community of a small group help us when we fall, small groups can actually prevent us from falling in the first place. If we go back to Ecclesiastes 4, Solomon continues this way. He says, also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. In other words, on our own, we're not going to fend very well. But in a small group, in a small group, you can prevent a lot of stuff from happening. In a small group, you can keep from being overpowered or broken down. In a small group, there's someone who, who has your back, someone who can stand with you, someone who can look out for you. Small groups are preventative. And what do small groups prevent? Well, for one thing, small groups prevent blind spots. Blind spots can be pretty scary when you're driving down the interstate, aren't they? I mean, have you ever caused an accident or almost caused an accident because you've changed lanes, not realizing there was a car in your blind spot? <laughs> I know I have. And here's the thing. The cars that were driving just a few lengths behind you, they saw it coming the whole way. As you put your turn signal on and, and started to cross over the lanes, they were probably screaming their heads off, wishing they could warn you about the danger. Stop, stop, don't do it. That's what a small group can do for you. You see, someone else can see what you can't see because they have a different perspective. Sometimes someone else can see the trouble about to happen in your life. And listen, you know that's true. And you want to know why I know that you know that that's true? Because you've seen the trouble coming in other people's lives long before they did, haven't you? You've seen stuff coming in other people's relationships long before they did. You've seen stuff coming in other people's jobs maybe long before they did. Maybe you've seen stuff coming in other people's kids' lives long before they did. You've seen it coming in their lives. And here's the thing. They've probably seen it coming in yours. Now, it's, it's not fun to point those things out to someone or, or to have those things pointed out in you but it's critical to our well-being and to our maturity. In a healthy community, in a good small group, someone is going to see it. Someone is going to see it coming in your life, and someone is going to say something. Single people, you need a circle of people who know you and who are willing to tell you the truth. Because if you don't have someone speaking truth into your life, without someone pointing out to you what you can't see, your well-being is at stake. You're at risk of never maturing in certain areas of your lives. But it's not just those of us who are single that need a small group. Married people, you need a community too. 
every marriage needs outside support. When you're in a marriage, you can't see things about your marriage and your family that other people can see. Being in a small group and allowing friends to speak truth into your life can prevent it from taking you down. Now, not, not to brag or anything, but my wife Melissa and I, we have an incredible marriage. And I thank God every day for my wife and the joy of our marriage. I think one of the major reasons why Melissa and I have a thriving marriage is because we have always made these kinds of relationships a top priority in our life together. And over the last 20 years, we've always had other people speaking into our lives as individuals and as a couple in the context of a small group. And now looking back at our life, after reaping the fruit of those relationships for so long, I really can't even imagine not having a small group. You see, small groups prevent blind spots. And not only do small groups prevent blind spots, small groups prevent isolation. As we mentioned earlier, there are gonna come times in our lives when something falls, when a crisis comes. And when that happens, we would do well to remember the words of Solomon. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Though one may be overpowered, though one might be overcome, though one may be overwhelmed, two can defend themselves. We will respond to overwhelming circumstances so much better. We will respond to the crisis moment better if there's someone there to help. If in those moments we don't find ourselves isolated. As I mentioned earlier, in a moment of crisis, when that moment of crisis comes, so many people call a pastor or the church office and ask, can the church help? And we're gonna do everything that we can do to help, but the church office is not the church. The church office can express compassion or wise counsel and prayer, which are fantastic and, and so important, but what you also need in those moments is a community. And building a community takes time. If you haven't developed a community along the way, it won't be there for you when you need it. You'll be disconnected. You'll probably feel isolated. We'll do our best as the church leaders to help you, but the church leaders will never be able to be as good as the community of a small group. Pastor Andy Stanley explains it this way. He says, a small group is like a retirement account. If you wait, it won't be there for you when you need it. But if you invest now, making it a priority, you can draw on it when you need it. And then he goes on to say, I've never met anyone in authentic community whose broken heart left them broken. Those who commit to and invest in a small group tend to fare much better when it comes to the difficult things in life. Even the most difficult times imaginable a time like what community attender John Cole faced over this last year. My name is Jonathan Cole. I have two children, an eight-year-old boy named Ike and a five-year-old girl named Charlotte. There was a September evening. I, I was driving home from work in 2019. One of the first days I prayed out loud. In that moment, I started a, a journey with God and I asked him to take control of all the things in my life. I wasn't exactly 
in the position of understanding that I needed to turn over my burdens to him. But this was the first step. It was June of 2020 when my doors started. And at that point, I had already reached out to the community and let them know how scared I was. It wasn't long before I received a text message asking how, how I was. I let them know I was safe and I was okay, but I needed help. And it was bigger picture help. I needed support because I really didn't think I had in my life the people around me that I wanted, and that was the church. I got in touch with John Hughes, and we met for many weeks. Uh, phone calls, FaceTime, face-to-face. Um, John found a way to really give me time to really help help me stand up and find my, my, uh, my opportunity with the Lord to find the path that he had before me. My first experience with my small group was uh, coming off of a, a rough week dealing in the court system for my divorce. I, I showed up at the yellow box after the recommendation from John Hughes, and we were meeting outside. Um, a group of guys that day, there was only four guys there to start, and I came in like an airplane without, <laughs> without landing gear. Um, it's funny to me today. It's it actually shows me uh, what type of growth I've had since then, and and really where I'm at today is much better off. This small groups, the relationship I've grown with these gentlemen is is amazing. It's all men, and looking at the generations that we have in there, we're all in different points of our lives with families and whatnot. But these men teach me every day. I've learned throughout the years that I can make it through difficult times on my own, but I don't make it through in a good way. Um, today, making it through one of the worst struggles I've ever had, leaning on people in my life that really I thought I was lucky to have there, today I now know all those people were put there by God to help me through those moments that were too much for me alone. When you join a small group, that's kind of your appointment. And I keep hearing it from my small group. Show up to your appointments, be there for others, be there for yourself, and open your eyes and ears. My growth really is attributed to the people around me, and that's my, my family, my friends, community, the, the small groups that I've joined. And really, I continue to look forward at how I can contribute and help others. I love that quote from Andy Stanley. I've never met anyone in authentic community whose broken heart left them broken. The truth is, those who have the community of a small group fare much better when the difficult times come. So today, I want to leave you with two challenges. One is obvious. If you're not in a small group, get in a small group today. We have small groups sign up online. All you need to do is go to communitychristian.info. You can find a group and you can sign up right now today. We want everybody to be known, everybody to be supported, everybody to be connected and encouraged in the context of meaningful community. And isn't that what you really want for yourself as well? So it's time for you to overcome whatever obstacles are standing in your way and to join a small group. 
The second challenge is for those who are already in a small group. Here's the thing. Just because you get in a small group doesn't mean you sort of automatically have a close-knit group of friends. It takes time. It takes relational investment. It takes commitment to consistently connect in your small group. So take the time, make the investment, be committed to your group. Every one of us needs a community. And if you invest now, making it a priority, it will be there for you when you need it. People who make being in a small group a priority understand the wisdom of Solomon. And they see that wisdom perfectly embodied in Jesus's life and teaching. They know that small groups are so helpful in preventing so much. So as we close today, I want you to think about your own story, the family that you grew up in. What might have been different in your life if growing up your, your dad was in a vibrant men's group who were deeply investing in each other's lives? What, what might have been different in your life if, if growing up your parents had been in a small group experiencing this kind of authentic and real and hard and loving community? What might have been different if you had grown up with a group of, of Christ followers who loved you, who were there for you, who helped you mature along the way? Well, together, we can decide that things will be different moving forward. We can choose community. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you'd like to take a next step, head to communitychristian.info. If you'd like prayer, please text the word prayer to 331-226-1686 and a member of our prayer team will reach out to you. To give financially to community, head to givenow.cc. Thanks for listening to the Community Online Podcast.